Hey, Daylighters. I'm Rusty, and I'm here to take care of you today. Um, the reason I'm here is because I got a call yesterday morning. Randy died, so that makes two family members in the last week for that family. So first thing I want to do, I just want to start the time off, and I just want to pray for H and his family. Um, yeah, because they've got a few things going on. So let's just start this with this, with prayer, and let's get that, um, let's get them lifted up and surrounded. God, thanks for H and his family and all they do around here, all they mean to the church, and all they mean to the people who are listening. God, this is one of those times we don't know what to pray. We want to pray for peace. We want to pray for patience. I want to pray for grace in this time. But God, we just lift that whole family up to you. Please just take them, surround them. Thank you that in your kingdom we've been talking about, there is no more death, there is no more pain, there are no more tears. So God, just surround that family. Be with everyone as they go through all the details. We love you and give you all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. So, like I said, I just found out. So it reminds me of a story. In college, um, we, me and a friend, we were, me and a couple of friends, we were going to sing at a, this little church. So out in the middle of nowhere in Charleston, South Carolina, we're going to sing at this church. So I sit down on the front row. We're going over our music, getting everything ready. Pastor comes by on the way up. He's coming to say hello, and he says, hey, we're really looking forward to the message you're going to bring this week. And I looked around, and he was talking to me. So not only was I singing that week, I also had to talk. So, of course, I didn't hear the first 10 minutes of whatever was going on in the service. I just took notes, wrote down something on a piece of paper, got up there, did my song, and just winged the sermon. So I don't remember a thing about it. I probably talked about God's love or something funny. But the one thing I do remember is I made the statement, did Jesus is stronger than Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is really apropos in the 90s. So, um, so today we're doing it old school. I've got, I've got handwritten notes on pieces of paper. I've got the Bible out. Um, so if I evolve, devolve into Jesus is stronger than Arnold Schwarzenegger, just give me some grace. So what I'm going to do today, we're going to do a short talk talk about the Christmas story, and then we're going to do communion afterwards. So I know we sent out an email earlier saying, get your communion stuff ready, so we're going to do that. So we're going to be in two places today, Matthew 2 and Luke 2. And we're going to be looking at four groups of characters that are in the story. So let's start in Luke 2. Luke 2, 8 through 20 is where we're going to be. And I'm reading the New Living because that's what I grabbed this morning, so maybe a little different than what you have. That night, some shepherds were out in the fields outside the village, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of God's glory surrounded them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem, the city of David. And this is how you will recognize him. You'll find a baby lying in a manger, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. 
Then suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to all whom God favors. So here's the announcement. Shepherds, third shift blue collar workers out in the fields and this is the announcement they get. So what do they do? So let's look, keep going. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, come on, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this wonderful thing that has happened and the Lord has told us about. They ran to the village and found Mary and Joseph and there was the baby lying in the manger. Then the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the story, all who had heard the shepherd's story were astonished. So first group of people, the shepherds. So they have the announcement. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born tonight in Bethlehem. So what do they do? They went and visited Jesus. They, like, they just went. Hey, we saw this cool thing. It's talking about this, this Messiah. Let's go do it, right? So they went and did it. They went and saw Jesus, found him right where the angel told them, and they were great. So then what do they do? They went and told everybody, and everybody was amazed. So group of, person, group of people, number one, the shepherds did what they were supposed to do, right? So let's look at some other people. Sliding over to Matthew 2. See, old school bookmarks. So verses 1 through 6. Now Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his stars that arose, and we have come to worship him. Herod was deeply disturbed by their questions, as was all of Jerusalem. He called a meeting of leading priests and teachers of the religious law. Where did the prophet say the Messiah would be born, he asked them. In Bethlehem, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. O Bethlehem of Judah, you are not just a lowly village in Judah, for a ruler will come for you, who will be a shepherd for my people Israel. So the second group of people that we have are the leading priests and teachers of the law. So the announcement they got was a little different than the one the shepherds got. It was some wise men from a foreign land show up and say, where is he? So here's what's interesting. They already knew everything. They knew where he was going to be born. They knew what was going on. So they already knew the good news. They were just now being told that it was coming. What's interesting is, in contrast to what the shepherds did, those those leading priests and teachers did nothing. They didn't visit. They didn't go see. All they did was say, King Herod, here's where the baby's going to be born. And that's the last we hear of it. Verses 7 through 12. Then Herod sent a private message to the wise men asking them to come see him. At this meeting, he learned the exact time when they first saw the star. And he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After the interview, the wise men went their way. Once again, the star appeared to them, guiding them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house where the child and his mother Mary were, and they fell down before him and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold frankincense, and myrrh. But when it was time to leave, they went home another way because God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. 
So where did they get their announcement? Right? The star. So the star shows up. These guys were astrologers. Some places call them sorcerers or magi or wise men. You see all these different words. But they studied the stars. So they saw this big star. And so what did they do? Like what, would, like what did they do? For their, what was their reaction? Their, their reaction was they put together a big journey, right? So depending upon what you read, this is probably a couple of years later, right? It's not the baby in the manger. He's, they're, not with, they're not in your um, nativity scene. They're not really there. Um, I had one pastor who said, you, if you do the nativity scene, put the wise men in your foyer, so they're totally in a different spot. But, um, but they put together this big journey. So big expense to themselves, big expense to bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Like, these aren't cheap things. And they made this journey across. And when they got there, they worshipped him. And then after that, what did they do? They went home. There's nothing else about them. There's no more information about what they did. So they, they went home and went back to their thing. Verses 16 through 18. Herod was furious when he learned that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under because the wise men had told him that the star first appeared to them about two years earlier. Herod's brutal action fulfilled the prophecy of Jeremiah. A cry of anguish is heard in Ramah, weeping and mourning unrestrained. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. So Herod got an announcement too. And just like the shepherds, he took it seriously. The shepherds took it seriously. The wise men took it seriously. And Herod took it seriously. But what did he do? He tried to kill Jesus and to make sure he killed all the babies around it. So he fought against the kingdom. Totally different reaction. So we've got these four people. We've got these four reactions. So I want to ask you the question. I want to ask me the question. Which one am I? Which one are you? We all want to say we're the shepherds. We want to say that what we do is we hear this great, this good news, this great news about all this stuff that we've been hearing, and then we go and share it. So those of you who've been watching or listening or around daylight, we've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount, we've been talking about the kingdom, we've been talking about all this good news, right? So you're hearing it. So are you taking it seriously? And then, what's your reaction to that good news? Are you like the shepherds? And you hear this good news, and you're hearing all this good stuff, and the Sermon on the Mount, and all this stuff that's happening. Are you hearing all this stuff? And then you're going and telling everybody you can tell about it? To the point that they're astonished at this good news. Is that what you're doing? Are you like the Magi? You come and bring your gifts. You come and check it out. Maybe give some in the offering plate. Maybe give some time in service at the church. But then you go back and it doesn't affect anything else you do. Are you like Herod? Are you fighting against the kingdom? Are you actively going against it? Are you like the teachers? I know this is what, this is what the good news is. I know the good news is this. Therefore, I'm going to do nothing. 
I want to say I'm a shepherd, but I know that there's people, I know there's times in my life where God's kingdom fights against mine. I don't want to be compassionate. I don't want to be peaceful. I want to stand up for my rights. I want to do these things. I want, I want, I want, I want to, and I'm Herod. There are times when I don't want to be bothered. So I come and I put in my checkbox. I smile. I say everything. I'm blessed. Awesome. Then I go home and it doesn't affect me. I just go to work like I'm supposed to. I just go to church like I'm supposed to. I just go play soccer like I'm supposed to. I just live my life what I'm supposed to and it doesn't affect me. And there are times when I just do nothing. I'm more interested in other things. You see, all the time we're all for these people. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells a story about the wise man building his house upon the rock, the foolish man building his house upon the sand. But listen to what he says in verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and obeys me is wise, like a person who builds his house on the rock. So it's people who listen and do are like those wise men. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds his house on sand. The hard times are going to come. The battles are going to come. The things are going to happen. Where are you building your foundation? But it's about listening to the teaching and obeying. It's about being like the shepherds. It's about going to the manger and seeing the baby and then leaving and telling everyone about it. Telling everyone how awesome this is and all this good news and all this stuff. That's what it's about. That's what the wise man looks like. Which brings us to communion. As we come together and remember his death, part of what Paul talks about in Corinthians is that we need to look at ourselves and and figure out what needs to be taken care of. So it's a new year. Just heard a great sermon on what to do and how to do it, how to look at your life. So as we move into communion, take a few minutes and think about those things. What are the things in my life that I'm battling actively against the kingdom? How can I remove those? What are the things in my life that are taking away my care I'm focusing on them instead of what's going on. What can I take out of my life? What do you need to give over to him? What do you need to stop fighting against? And are you taking this seriously? First Corinthians 11, 23. Paul says, for this is what the Lord himself said, and I pass it on to you just as I received it. On the night he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So virtually all together, whenever you're doing this, 
We're going to take this bread and remember him. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant between God and you, sealed by the shedding of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. So together, virtually, we'll take this. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for coming as one of us and showing us the way to live. Thank you for coming as one of us and announcing your kingdom. God, help us to get everything out of the way. Help us to remove the distractions. Help us to get, help us to stop fighting against it. Because you're making all things new. Your kingdom has no tears, no fear. No darkness, no shadows. <coughs> so as we take communion together, we remember that and we thank you for it. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for doing this for us. We give you all the glory for everything you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. Now we're going to, Paul's going to do a music piece at the end too. So y'all have a great week. Enjoy your Merry Christmas and we'll see you next time.